Live from Cool Boys Central. Be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just three cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Greetings, cool boy Bat Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Uh, so cool. Tonight's episode is The Clock King! Yay! The Clock King! Directed by Kevin Altieri, written by David Weiss. This episode aired September 21st, 1992, features the first appearance of the Clock King. Wikipedia says after his company goes bankrupt, Temple Fugit becomes the Clock King. Fugit sets out to seek his revenge against the man whom he blames for his misfortunes, Mayor Mayor. Hamilton Hill. Fugit kidnaps Phil, intending to do away with him to accomplish his revenge. Batman must stop Fugit from carrying out his revenge and save the mayor's life. So they're just showing uh, basically how the Clock King is like super OCD and like wanting to the subway be on time and how he's talking to the mayor before he's the mayor. So they're kind of he's a lawyer and he and uh, yeah. Basically, they're showing that he's a, a tight ass, and uh, the mayor tells him to relax. And, yeah, you know, what's funny, I'm just going to go, I guess, towards the end of the episode when he, when he finally confronts the mayor seven years later, and he's like, you told me to relax! And it's like, who would remember this conversation from seven years ago from, like, a person that you just would see on a subway. Temple Fugit does because it was impactful because it fucking ruined his life. But he, th- he he acts like it was purposeful, even though he's like, you worked at the same law firm. Like, it was like he knew that kids, it happens that to kids be. would uh, throw a soccer ball at him and then all his papers would go to... It was like all this happenstance. And so uh, it's so stupid for him to... to uh, become a criminal, you know, and uh, over this, uh, a time criminal or whatever, whatever he's supposed to be. You don't think uh, rival lawyers would possibly try to, like, mentally get it in the other one's head to win a case? That there is no, it doesn't matter. If he has an attorney, he doesn't have to Steve, be Steve, is this one hit too close to home for you? Oh, it, it hurt. I was like, what? How? He, That's not how lawyers are. Uh, That's not what an attorney is. You know, he has an, and his attorney just, like, shrugs. You should have been here. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Well, lawyer Steve here, obviously, you know, t- took offense to this episode. <laughs> oh man, jeez, yeah. I like this. I like this as our first appearance of the Clock King and our origin of him. And you essentially get like a a really drawn out, almost full Act One origin of uh, the Clock King, and like you kind of understand why he's going to then enact his revenge, and it, that's what this tale is. It's a revenge based tale. Um, I also really like the Book of Job quality to it, where it's kind of like, once again, everything goes wrong. But like, instead of this guy being the hero, like, say, Joker's favor, where Charlie becomes the hero, this one, he goes fucking bad. And like, just be- and, and like, he just goes evil. And he's just like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. And we crush him. This has a lot with Book of Job. Uh, you know, it's this is, he's not being tested by anything. It was just basically a guy that was tightly wound. Well, maybe he was being tested, but you know what? 
he failed. Yeah, this is not related to the Book of Job at all. I don't, yeah, I don't think this has any sort of like metaphor or parable as as to Job. You know? Oh, I just mean like everything goes wrong. Everything in your life goes wrong. That's not what. Well, whatever. I, I don't want to go. That's not the. That's not the point or the narrative of the Book of Job. No, I know what the narrative of Book of Job is. It's about God and, and devil essentially doing a bet, saying, "Hey, can you take your best follower and fuck his life over, and would he still follow you?" And and God goes, "Yes." And the devil says, "Okay, well then, we'll bet all of everything on it. You know, the whole fucking kit and caboodle." And so they do it to Job, and they destroy his family, and they destroy his crops, and they fucking put boils on his face, and they they fucking destroy his life. And he's completely whittled down to nothing. And the, and the question is, is, does he still believe in God and, 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 and follow God and have faith in God? Yeah, okay, the fact that you know all that makes it even more confusing why you're comparing this to it. <laughs> I'm just saying to this, like, just like, I got that, I got that quality from it. Like, the idea that, you know, he, he has this, all this shit is going wrong for his life, you know? I, 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 get that, I get that comparison usually for a lot of things whenever I watch something where someone's life is kind of falling to shit. Like I do, and and like I kind of think of it like okay, they're having a job moment. Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to go good? Are they going to go bad? You know, one of the one of the things in this episode that I thought was funny was that seven year jump, Steve. We had a seven years later jump in this episode. Batman's investigating a prankster that you know basically mm-hmm. he's just driving on the street, and you know this this clock king a vandal. He just starts messing with, uh, you know, the traffic lights. And then He's you know, a terrorist, actually, Steve. He's more of a terrorist. He drops a, po- you know, no, he's like a political activist. He drops a poster. Uh, he's fucking with the power grid. He's fucking with the uh, traffic grid. He crashes trains into a fucking subway station. Okay, yeah, yeah. Later on, he becomes a, a much more criminal. But it starts off where he's just basically, he fucks with some traffic lights to cause a poster to come down where he, where he draws, you know, yeah. uh, you know, a face, a funny face on the, on the main. Where he shows, yeah, he, he vandalizes the campaign poster, yeah. And that gets Batman, that gets, that, that gets Bruce Wayne to jump out of his car and go run up a building and, and t- put on his bat suit, you know. And, and a and, really cool shot, and a really cool shot. Uh-huh. It's a really cool shot. But really, you know, for that, I would think that, you know, so he, he's pretty bored, basically. Bruce Wayne is bored. Today's a really boring day for Bruce Wayne. And, and another thing was is that most of this episode took place during the day. So, like, th- that was you know kind of interesting for Batman. Because I think most of Batman, I think of Batman as a night Oh, that's stalker. a good point. I didn't know. I didn't really realize that. Yeah, I guess this is, like, the first episode is... Wait, it's entirely in daytime? I don't know if it's entirely in daytime, but it is uh, taking place during the day. We'll have to find out while we're watching it, I guess. Um, yeah, I liked I liked that, Steve. I liked how we had that kind of the vandal, you know, the vandal, and then he becomes a prankster, and then a terrorist. It's how it always goes down, right? Starts small, and you get bigger, mm-hmm. and it becomes... Right? It, it, the addict. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I, I kind of like the clocking. I like his precision. You know what I mean? I like he's a he's a he's a he's a precise criminal and he knows everything. I mean, it doesn't really help. I don't think. I think knowing that someone can punch fast doesn't make you a, a faster dodger. You know, which we'll find later on when he's like, "I know you take this long to punch." Yeah, and, like, and okay. he basically, I guess he's saying that he's so fast that he can time himself that he that he's able to control his body so well. Mm. I'm not you know sure. That? Something clocking's like that. really skilled. Absolutely, for sure. But I, I, one of the things also is kind of funny, Steve, is uh, Batman is just rolling in a limo in this episode. Like, <laughs> like just trying to find the clocking. They're just rolling around town, listening to police radios. And Batman's just chilling in the back while Alfred's driving around. There's like hardly any like clandestine like operation going on here. And he. Oh, I wonder. He hacks. Huh? And he hacks into the police database. Is that fucking Alfred driving Batman around? 
And, what? and I just saw Batman hanging out in fucking Dick Grayson's uh, dormitory room the other day. He must be bored. <laughs> Batman just wants people to find out at this point. He's trying to get caught. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Jesus Christ. One of the things that was kind of funny. What, was that what, talk, just, what'd you see? What was it? What's Jesus Christ? The fact that you said he's asking to get caught is just, uh, you know. What? Oh, oh, you know, oh, you just mean as Batman, not as like he's he's sneaking the whole sneaking into like boys like bedrooms at, at night, like <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he, he meant as Batman. Okay, you I just, meant as I'm, Batman. What are you talking? I'm, about? I'm pretty sure. I, I thought you meant that. the fact that he was like sneaking around because, like, you know, he, he's interacting I with know, a lot I of children in the show in a sneaking a sneaking around them, spying on them, fashion, uh, and then you talk about uh, him sneaking into. I mean, that's Robin's over eighteen; he's a college student. But I mean, we don't know how long their relationship really started. He was a boy then. Yeah, he's like started around ten or something, right? Mm-hmm. We still don't know what happened to Frog. No, Frog's missing, as far as we know. That's all we know. Frog is missing. Um, so Batman Node does some Cyclops visor detective mode from Arkham Games shit in this episode. Do you guys like that? These are the first Google glasses. I feel like. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cyclops. You have definitely X Men Cyclops. I think playing. On Saturday mornings right now, so it's very similar to it's that. It's actually but more like Microsoft's HoloLens than Google Glass, because Google Glass oh. didn't really have too much in terms of like actually displaying on the camera. It was mostly just a camera in the the, the glasses, not so much the lens could like oh, okay. augmented reality. And there was an augmented reality. Augmented reality was Microsoft's HoloLens. Mm, I did not know that. Yeah. Very cool. Google Glass is what it was actually called, not glasses, which is extra confusing and a failed product. I kind of like. I kind of like the detective mode in this, though, like how it is like the Arkham games. Like you do get that. Like you mm-hmm. get Batman kind of like, you know, having having showing his technology advanced skills or technologically advanced skills are, you know, are are one of his ways of being the world's greatest detective. He realizes that the watch is like a metronix. So he hacks into the police database to find out if the owner, why would the yes, why would the owner be registered with the police? That's very odd. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he definitely goes in. Yeah, by the way, I have a screenshot of that police database screen. Oh. And it says, Time Tech Watch and Jeweler, right? It's got a sale number 406925. Date, and then just the se- just one. Credit card number, 9038237. And this is Temple Fugit, age 36. Do you guys think he's a 36-year-old? Does he look 36 to you? No, I thought he was like uh, in his 50s or something. Especially the two or is it seven years later. So he's 29 in the opening. He's 29 in the open. Isn't that weird? That's forged. Makes no sense. He looks so weird. Yeah, no, he is, he's not 29. He, like, he looks 60. He looks 60. They have him as like 30 fucking six. Oh, they also um, it also says six solid inches just below that. So, you know. Good on him, I guess. Nice. Average. I have a note that uh, Temple Fugate is a play on the Latin expression Tempus Fugit, meaning time flies. I thought maybe it was a reference to Temple Grandin. Earlier, you said he's OCD, but I, I know what it's looks, look, people like, who have it like. I know a little thing or two about Asperger's or high-functioning autism or low-level autism. This character has more of an Aspie feel to it. And I wonder if his name, Temple, is a reference to the most famous person in the field of autism, Temple Grandin. 
Maybe it could absolutely be because autism often uh, people with autism often are, are like obsessed with one thing or one type of metric that they measure or perceive the world through. Everything's seen by the lens of like horses because they're really obsessed with horses, so they relate to the cars and in in driving and everything else and, and taking tests by thinking about horses. He sees everything through time. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, maybe it's a combination of both, like. Tempus fugit, as Steve pointed out, is Latin for time flies. Um, temple fugit, so temple, close enough to Tempus, but actually temple, taking that from her, you know her name, mm -hmm. and then fugit, just going with you know something that rhymes with the Latin version of the word. I think it abs both could be possibly. I think it's probably a play on both of them. I think you, I, I think Felk, that you hit on something that I don't think most people though probably did hit on. I think that's absolutely dead on for something that was probably a, a, something they to discuss in the writer's room, but I don't think that's like something like on Wikipedia sites, you know what I mean? While the Tempest this character is very aspie. Yeah, because think about it, the Tempest Fugit thing that Steve just pulled out, like that's that's from some Wikipedia site he clearly saw. Mm -hmm. So like like but that temple shit, I don't think that's probably on anywhere on the internet. That's pretty original, man. Way to go. Thanks. So I liked how uh the final confrontation reminded me of like Cutsucker Proxy, <laughs> where it was like in this giant clock tower sort of thing and they were with all these giant gears oh yeah and totally uh, i i like that set piece i think that's like a fun set piece i like the set piece right before that where batman's in the bank vault and the oxygen's being removed and everything he's about to do temple is literally several steps ahead and he's like oh but you know what you try to fucking do this and it explodes or hey you know what you try to burn through that door with your torch it actually will take you you know two minutes longer then me sucking the oxygen out of the room and you'll fucking die. And like Batman had to be smart about it. But, but you know, Temple still gets to crash a fucking train in the subway. And like, like it's like a pretty intense second act where Batman almost like gets to beaten yeah, and blown up. And the train crash does happen where two trains do fucking collide into each other into this on this you know subway platform. It's fucking awesome. It's pretty messed up. He basically has gone crazy where he wants to prove a point to against the now man. look. Wait, look, time time for a change, right? See the poster? The poster art while the train's crashing is a vandalized poster art. So Temple didn't fucking go out there, the clocking, right, and put that poster art up before the trains crashed. That was one of the mayor's campaign team members put that fucking poster art. They put the fucking vandalized poster art up so accidentally. That's great. What is that? That's weird. That's an accident, I feel like. I feel like that must have been the uh, the Korean animators missed that understanding that one, or there was like a secret, right? They're like, oh yeah, American Devil. <laughs> they put they figured out a way to put it in there. I like well, Batman, you know, gets out of the bank vault. Pretty cool. There's a sweet rack focus in the bank vault when Batman's like passing out from like the bomb to the bank vault door, and it just goes to show more how this series is like you know when they've had a little bit more time how awesome the animation is because this animation is fucking awesome when they didn't have to rush an episode they've got some incredible animation and this is just 92 it looks great steve so that clock tower set piece is all about high stakes and uh -huh. one of the things that's interesting about it is that it's all about the time that takes place in the prologue right in the uh, the origin the of, of the clock king 3 15 p.m so doesn't that of mean book anything of Job, to you? Yeah. So I, mean, like, I looked literally. up. Oh, I looked up three fifteen, and the only thing that came up for three fifteen was Book of Job three fifteen. 
and it got me thinking. <laughs> wasn't Book of Job three something like three fourteen Mission Impossible? So I looked it up, and yes, Book of Job three fourteen is Mission Impossible, and Book of Job three fifteen. If I wanted to connect this to this this movie or this TV series, this TV episode. So Book of Job 3.14 is with kings and counselors of the art who built for themselves places now lying in ruins. That's what Tom Cruise wrote out to people in Mission Impossible. Now, now Job 3.15 reads with rulers who had gold who filled their houses with silver. That totally makes sense for this episode. What? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, where are you going? Okay, I was like trying to see where you're going with this. I'm confused. Why would you research it? Because I was bored watching this episode, and I, if we can get into our boys right now, if you guys want, two out of five boys. I did not care for this episode. I like the he's, clocking. I think he's a fun villain, but you know what? I don't really care for the episode. Please expand. You seem to have enjoyed it, but you were... Well, I mean, it's a really classical thing. It's a classical thing where, like, you know, it ends with, like, you know, Batman stops the clocking by allowing the clocking to kind of take himself out, Right. He dodges, he, you know, a strike by the clocking in which he blocks the clog, you know, or the cogs, excuse me. He blocks the cogs, go, you know, for his, his clock. So once he stops the clock, all hell goes loose. And then it fucking crushes him and kills him with a huge giant cog that, you know, falls right on his head. You know, and it's just like, it's a little, it's a whatever. It's a little, you know, classic, too classic at this point. And the whole thing is based around precision. I thought that was fun, but... It doesn't make a whole episode. I have to, I thought the uh, subway crashes was really well done. I thought that was, you know, pun intended, off the rails. But, uh, yeah, it was an okay episode. But, I mean, I, I didn't really care for it. So, two out of five boys. I like um, at the end where, to me, it was like clearly he should have died. But Batman somehow believes that uh, – he survived. He just says, "Ah, if I survive, then the Clock King." So he has like a lot of yeah. res- he has a lot of respect for the Clock King. A lot, too much. He watches him get crushed by a giant, like eight ton cog of a clock, and then he's like, "I think he made it out just fine." But he was able to dodge the you know Batman's punches, and so he was like, "He's so fast." I think he's just it's it's like it's like it's like poison ivy. Like poison ivy gets, you know, sucked in by plants, but it's actually the plants are saving her. The clock king, when he gets sucked in, you know, by a, a clock, it saves him actually rather than killing him. It absorbed him. It's the same it's it's the same concept. Yeah, I'd give it uh probably two and a half or three. It it, it bored me too. Felk, how about you? What are your what's your boy rating? I'll give it five boys. <laughs> really? I found it super interesting, and it's repping some important themes. Great bat stuff, gentlemen. Cool bat nation. Be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of the clocking, or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at Batman and Beyond Coolboys at gmail.com. New episodes of Batman and Beyond come out every Tuesday. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with. The Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon, where the Cool Boys have an uncensored discussion about five so cool movies, everything ranging from bods to dongs and all the boners they have given us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and Facebook group us at The Cool Boys Podcast. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube by searching for The Cool Boys Podcast. 
And be sure to rate and review us on iTunes at The Cool Boys Podcast. And if you like, you can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark and a Cool Boy shout-out on The Cool Boys Podcast that airs every Tuesday. You can find The Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizees from Felk. That's Bizees from Ballard. And Bizees from Steven. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah.